Hi, welcome to Clean Slate with Vicki and Joanna. Every day is a clean slate and a fresh start. Make today the day. All right, welcome everybody to our Friday edition. This is our homeschool series. We are going to continue today on speaking about the different homeschooling methods or styles that are out there. So if you're already a homeschooler, you probably are familiar with a lot of these. If you are new to homeschooling or just thinking about it, you can find so many resources. You can just go to Google and type in homeschooling methods or homeschooling styles and you're going to see so much information out there. So we're just going to break down a couple of them. Yeah, there's many of them that are listed here that I don't think I've ever heard of. But we're just going to go over probably the more common ones that you would see. Yeah, so I think the most common, um, let's just start with probably the most common, and that would be the traditional. Um, uh, Sadly, unfortunately, we if you were public school educated that's what we're used to it's what we know and there's a lot of curriculums boxed curriculums that they'll they'll sell you like at the homeschooling conferences or things that you'll find online where it looks so easy it's all in one and and you've got every subject covered and um and it it makes you feel like you've got this you know, complete homeschool um, kit. Kit, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it does make it very stressful because you feel like you have to do all the things that you have a lot of burnout with that because you're trying to keep up. But you got to remember that you're not trying to recreate school at home. This is homeschool, so you have a little bit of flexibility as to what you want to do. That's right, and it also tends to be one of the more expensive ways. Now, see, this is. A lot of times, wherever your need is, is the path you end up taking. So, for instance, let's say you don't have a lot of money and you make the library your your curriculum. That is a brilliant way to to be able to homeschool without having to spend all the money on all of these box curriculums. And then, you know, you may not end up using all of it. Right. And you can find almost everything you need either on the internet or at a library these days. So it's changed a lot. It really has. Even just in the short time that you and I were, you know, schooling elementary aged students for sure. So this style is what families, you know, exactly what to teach and when to teach it. They oftentimes will give you a day-by-day layout, a script a lot of times. So that is a great advantage, especially if you're like, oh, how do I do this? But the disadvantage is that it requires much more work on the part of the parent, teacher, and uh, the lessons are not as much fun for for students. It feels more just like the regular classroom kind right. of thing, but you're just doing it at home. Yeah, it's almost just like um, another worksheet, another... And that's the other thing. Um, a lot of these curriculums, they have about anywhere from 25 to 35% more extra stuff in there. For instance, let's say your child grasped the concept of what is a noun, and there's three or four pages of the exact same exercises, 
if your kid mastered what is a noun and they were able to do the first page flawlessly, then give them a break and move on to the next topic. Yeah, there, that extra is in there for people who need it. And right. you never, I had a hard time letting go of saying, okay, I'm not going to, I'm going to finish everything and do everything, but you don't have to. Right. But so, you learn that as you go along, but just. That's right. Yeah, just keep that in the back of your head. If, you're, if your child is showing mastery on something, move on. Mm-hmm. Don't drill. Because then you're going to, it's almost like you're not, I don't know if rewarding is the right word, but if you're drilling the same concept that they got the first day, then they're going to find school to be monotonous and boring. Burnout. And burnout. That's what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. So let's move on. And and there is, and then the reverse is true. If your child is struggling and the noun concept is just way more than they can handle, a couple of things. One, they're not ready. Or it might be a clue that, hmm, I'm going to kind of file this in the back of my head. Why don't we close the book on this? Let's move on to something that you know, your child really enjoys whatever that might look like, arts and crafts or music or whatever it might be, and then revisit that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like we don't want to just keep moving on just because they've completed those three or four pages. But if it, there's not mastery there, then huh, it's either maybe carelessness or maybe a learning disability. So it's there's, there's a lot of things that we have to keep in in context with with what you're learning but I will say that is what I find it would you say the same that most most of the people that we know kind of do the traditional homeschool yes but I do feel like most of us have modified and added some things in so we'll talk about some other things and you can kind of incorporate it but that would be the spine I guess of yeah of everything I agree What's another one? Um, so unschooling method of homeschooling. And this is a more of a natural interest-led and child-led learning. They just learn from everyday experiences and don't usually have a schedule or formal lessons. But they just follow their own interests and learn in the same way that adults usually do, pursuing whatever interests them or whatever they find curious. Now, unschooling was always a scary thing for me. Yeah, I, that's not me. I need a little more structure than that. Right. But it would be good for a young child. Yes. So a very young child. But I know people who like unschool. The whole time. <laughs> that's. I'm like, um If Johnny's interest is eight hours of Minecraft, (laughs) I just have a, (laughs) I just have an issue with that. That's just me personally, but I'm not joking. There was this popular uh, example of a family that unschooled, like they literally did nothing. Three kids and they, they just, they never went to a co-op. They never, we, they just let them follow their own interests. And if it was, you know, 12 hours of video games a day or, you know, watching SpongeBob, I don't know, but they, they just let the kids do whatever. And I am just like, that is child abuse. Oh, they all three ended up being PhDs. And I'm just like, you just never know. I you mean, you just never know. So it's just, it's, it is crazy. And I, I even know of a somebody close to our family who was part of a, uh, an unschooling, 
and parents just didn't let them you know do anything so at 16 they just stopped doing all education and this one particular fella when he was 16 he just stopped school altogether but his his path changed and he was given an opportunity to do something really amazing but he needed a college degree so here he is at 22 studying for the GED Hmm. and then he got his GED and then went on to take online classes it took him I think he said eight years but he got himself a four-year degree so he could take advantage of a, a an amazing opportunity and here he is now a multimillionaire because of the steps that he he took so I don't know that tends to be the motivation maybe if you want to want it you go after it right and and maybe that's how that is maybe it works for people and I feel like this is what most people feel homeschoolers do Mm -hmm. is the unschooling method but I don't think that is very common it is I mean I do and you might unschool in some subjects and um and there's others that it just you've got to kind of think and I think this is what most homeschooling families do is we want to set our kid up for success to provide them options Mm -hmm. hey you want to go to a trade school let's make sure we do everything we need to do so you can learn that trade or you know you want to go to college let's make sure we set you up so that becomes an easy transition because there's a lot and that's where the pressure comes in I think for homeschooling parents is oh I don't want to fail my kids and let me let me just say if you love your kids and you provide them a safe environment there's no abuse going on um, they're they're getting proper nutrition they have a roof over their head they have clothing and in shoes they have the bare minimum of survival and they know that they're loved you cannot screw this up mm-hmm. I promise you because if you can provide them that environment that is a loving caring environment let God do the rest mm-hmm. seriously it's like let's just get out of the way right and let them let let them be who they're going to be um, and if something doesn't work change it right well I will say about the, the unschooling I think in a way we homeschoolers do unschool in certain things whether you know they show interest in I don't know aquatics or aquatic life then you start you know let's go to the aquarium and then they start reading and so to me that's kind of an unschooling branch that you've kind of branched off to but it just so I want to say there's probably some unschooling in there but it's, you're but right, and, and and that also spills into another one, the um, unit study. Yes, yeah, so yeah, we'll talk about that one next since we're kind of yeah, because I, I think that was a perfect segue. So, let's say that your kiddo is just crazy about aquatics mm-hmm. and anything you know, marine, marine life, and this is where you start to create junior experts Mm -hmm. see what happens in a traditional classroom the education is like an inch deep it's like you go through I couldn't believe it I I had to teach high school um, I say had to I was honored to teach 17 weeks of honors US history at the high school 
high school level at a homeschooling co-op. It was fascinating. It was like the first time I ever got a history education was when I had to teach it. (laughs) Um, Crazy. But the textbook, it was like an inch deep. I mean, we covered the Civil War in one class. Hmm. It's like, give me a break. That's just ridiculous. I mean, what can you say? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, it sucks. And uh, my dad, who was um, a Civil War buff, he would dress in the outfits and and (laughs) the Civil War reenactments. Oh, my gosh. He said that there was a, a book three inches thick on just the Battle of Gettysburg. Hmm. And you think versus a textbook that mentions it. And it's like uh, the Gettysburg Address, you know, they, but it's like you take a textbook that had everything on Gettysburg or just a, a thick retelling of, of everything, documents, handwritten notes. I mean, it was just a fascinating. And compare that to a textbook that's just, it, it, and this is where the unit study makes so much more sense is this is where you can go instead of an inch deep you go a mile deep right so we did that with several things one of them being ancient history and i may have talked about this before olivia loved ancient history so we did it multiple years and the mummies and egyptian history we we just dove into that and we had no joke the largest plastic tub that you can find at walmart that is how much ancient history we yeah. have with books. What would what this? Is what I was going to ask. What did she like about it? What what was her trigger about it? I'm not really sure because that was something I loved as a kid, mm-hmm. and my dad loved it. So my dad had a lot of books on Egyptian history and, and the mummies and Tutankhamun, and I would love looking through those books. Like I could not get enough of those. So I don't know if maybe that my love for it when we were going through it, she fell in love with it. But my dad was giving us books. He was, you know, giving her, you know, little things to go along with our study. And I want to say we did that for two years. Like, we seriously just spent a lot of time in that. And we still have that tub of books. That would be one group of books that I probably would never get rid of. Well, and I think you tapped into something really important. It was something you enjoyed, your dad enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And see, that's what happens. It becomes generational. Right. And we went to the Carlos Museum, which if you have not been to the Carlos Museum down at Emory, it's really a fantastic museum. Yes. Go to that one. The Carlos Museum at Emory University. It's it's an amazing, it's curated so beautifully. Mm -hmm. I mean... It, the way it's lit and their artifacts it's it's a beautiful it really beautiful is. museum but yeah that unit study that is awesome for early year learners and Jill our common guest she she is building some elementary curriculum um, on unit studies which I think is brilliant so think about this it's like I think the example Jill used is let's say there was a trip to the roller rink and you're going to go skating why not incorporate you know the history of you know what was the first uh, roller rink and then um, maybe incorporate math it's like okay one skate has four wheels two skates has eight wheels and all of a sudden you're teaching math with that and then you could talk about 
I don't know, the material that the the floor is made of, or you can talk about, I, I mean, truly, the, I, I'm drawing a blank, but just think about all of the other aspects that come into a simple task or field trip as, you know, going to the roller rink. Mm-hmm. And it just becomes fascinating and interesting if your child, now if your child's completely bored with it and doesn't want it, then you change, you know, change to something else. You could do something even like Minecraft. I mean, we did a yes. lot of stuff with that. So it's, you can pretty much hone in on anything that they find interest in and make it a unit study. And you don't have to find somebody who has done a unit study, but of course you probably could. There's a good website called Teachers Pay Teachers. Love that. And you can purchase other I guess it's like worksheets or curriculum that other teachers have put together and made themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's not really expensive at all considering oh, what you yeah. get. Oh, yeah, like 99 cents, $1, $2. I mean, some of them are more expensive, but that would be something that you would purchase for the whole year. Right. But anyway, so that's a good place to look or make up your own. Right. I mean, it doesn't have to be something you spend a lot of time with, with, but you could just say, okay, let's talk about this, and then you can let it go and figure out where it leads you. Well, and, and that's what happens is all of a sudden you're going to wake up. Let's say you're just not a very creative person, and the idea of homeschooling just seems so foreign and out of your 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 realm. I promise you, after one or two years, you start to get the hang of this thing. Mm-hmm. And you wake up one day and you've got all these bright, bright ideas. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was called to homeschool, never thought I would do it. And here we are all these years later, you know, spending years in the classroom. Now Vicki and I are writing curriculum. And it's just like, what? How did this happen? And it just does and you you find that there is nothing more important than educating the next generation and educating in such a way that it that they don't become corruptible Mm -hmm. and that is what's going on in the traditional classroom is there's there's too much nonsense being taught too much chaos too much noise going on and there's no way that those kids are getting an education i am here to tell you that the more i am around students that are in traditional school um i I can't hold their attention like i could Mm -hmm. um five years ago i don't know part of it's covid part of it is the lack of respect and discipline that's happening in the classroom um and their will and motivation is through the floor. It's like I I kind of pride myself on being able to motivate an unmotivated student. I am finding it harder and harder for some of these students to care. That's very sad. It is very sad. So I think if you can't, to me there's only two options, and I apologize to anybody out there that you know is fighting the good fight in in the public school system i spent two weeks ago with a room full of of public school kids and i my heart was broken just the blatant disrespect the repeated please wake up or please get off your phone or you know just trying to be very respectful and they had none for me and it's 
And then those that were trying to learn couldn't because of the disrespect of the other people. And I think there's the, the choice is clear. You either need to homeschool or you need to put them into a, a private school. And private schools are just as much as tuition for a college. Mm-hmm. I mean, because they got to pay for they got to pay for that building and all those teachers. And uh, yeah, I mean, they don't get the funding from. Yeah, you don't get the, the the government funds. So a lot of people feel trapped, and I don't want you to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Homeschooling is is doable, even if you're a single mom, even if you work full time. It can be it can be done. It may not look like other people's homeschool. Maybe you've got to beg, borrow, and barter uh, with with other people to to make your homeschool happen. But I'm telling you 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 need to do it now getting back to this you want to talk about maybe the relaxed or eclectic approach so this one they're saying that this one is used by most homeschoolers quite honestly i think if you've been homeschooling a a while you do a lot of these it's a mixture of all of these but yeah so this use um it's basically a little of this, a little of that, and maybe using workbooks for math, and maybe you group read together um, as a family. Right, so you would pick subjects that you feel that are important and that, and that those subjects are being covered thoroughly. I think this is probably really good for the younger age. I think if your child is planning on going to college, which again, that's not everybody's path, But if that's the case and you want to keep those doors open, probably late middle school, you need to start really thinking about where you want them to be at the end of high school and start making sure that you have set that path. So you couldn't, I wouldn't recommend this the entire time. Right. But definitely a good start. Uh, Definitely. So this is where um, I I really think parents need to think, and we're going to talk more about this in future podcasts, but you need to recognize that from kindergarten to to third grade you're going to just focus on those three r's Mm -hmm. the reading writing and arithmetic i know it's not an r but that right there those are your three basics that you need to build because then everything else starts just to be added on when ready and it becomes um you know so much more fulfilling in those younger years when there's not the stress of you know six to eight hours of stuff you don't need any of that enjoy it so classical homeschooling is another approach and i i'm not really sure we did a lot of classical homeschooling when we did sunlight so i'm not really sure the exact i think this is how classical conversations yeah we we did one year my first year of homeschooling we did classical conversation it is it requires the way i put it it requires a lot a lot of buy-in on on how to do this in fact the way it was structured in the high school years so they built the high school years then they brought it to the middle school and then they had the elementary because it's a cycle that you keep repeating it is it's a three cycle um you know they they do ancient middle ages and modern modern, which basically is from like uh, america start of america to to modern and 
you know, they, they were real strong on memorization, you know, rote memorization because they're, they're training the brain to retain is kind of their motto. And also, um, they end up with like one tutor that covers like five or six major and real strong into Latin, Mm -hmm. um, you know, being able to by memory map out the world. And also I think like the, the human body. Mm -hmm. So they focus on certain things because this is where they believe that if you can train the brain to go a mile deep on certain things, then they could do it for all things. But in my experience, I felt like this classical homeschool, um, if you are a super research-oriented parent, this might be a great um, way to homeschool. To me, it was a little heavy, um, and some things in light in others. Right. I We use their history a lot, the story of the world. Love that stuff. That I love. My kids love that, especially at those elementary years. It was it was basically telling history as a story. It had a lot of literature that went along with it. So we did that part of the classical, and we loved it. And I love Susan Wise Bauer. Yes. Her books that she writes are just Phenomenal. fantastic. Yes. So, again, you can see how we're incorporating several of these methods in our own homeschool mm-hmm. journey. We didn't choose one. Maybe we did traditional, but then we pulled in what we liked. And every year we changed and did things differently as needed. Right, right. And her book is The Well-Trained Mind, A Guide to Classical Education at Home. I read that thing. Cover to cover, like in days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was so good. And so it's it's um, it's an amazing book if you're wanting to learn. I will say the approach is just a little different, but it's good. It's very good. And I think the last thing that we're going to talk about is the Charlotte Mason homeschooling. Now, see, Charlotte Mason method. So she, forgive me, I don't have all the info in front of me, but I think she was kind of a tutor, teacher, for um, kiddos back in the 1800s? Yeah, yes, 1800s. So it, it looks like their core belief is that children are not mere containers waiting to be filled with knowledge, but each one of them in their own right deserving of respect. And according to Charlotte Mason, children should be given time to play and create and be involved in real life situations from which they can learn. So in a strange way, I mean, that's that's what homeschooling is. It's like the core of homeschooling. Yeah. And, and that's where, and again, you can see how all of these kind of go in with each other. They and do. you pick and choose what you like. But things for, that would be considered like a Charlotte Mason method, you know, taking nature walks or going to art museums, learning geography and history and literature from real literature books or real living books, which, again, is kind of how sunlight is based. Yes. And that's what we used. And we really did love it. The kids learned a lot. Oh, if I could just go back. I know. Oh. Oh, if I, so it's so funny, if I could have a time machine, I would never go back to high school or college years. Take me back to my babies Mm -hmm. and let me redo that. 
I would do that. Would is like if God Himself were to come down and say, "Where do you want to kind of restart?" And I'm like, "Okay, let me start with Sam. I'll start. I'll I'll just start there again, mm-hmm. and, and and let me relive those years. I would do it so much more relaxed." And just let those little things roll off my back and and not be so stressed out. I have been a stressed out person my whole life. I know. I know. I just, I am a ball of stress all the time. Why? I know. I'm so grateful for all that time. But like you, I would go back to that time. Yeah. When Alex was little, starting off and just relive it all again. I would again. just more kisses and more laps and more hugs and more more reading aloud mm-hmm. and uh but at the same time it was what it was and I love I love all of our kids mm-hmm. they're all great kids I, and they all turned out they, just perfect yeah so maybe selfishly I want I want that time again but maybe it's just for me yeah maybe <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that they would want to go back and relive but. I know Oh, but oh, it just so all those young moms out there, young dads that you've got these preschoolers or early elementary. Oh, do not do what we did. Don't stress out over this education thing. The the fact that you're keeping them in an environment where it's loving and caring, you were and you did no education at all. You didn't the unschooling method. Yeah, the unschooling. You didn't do anything, and you just lived, and you were kind to your neighbors, and you explored, you know, your backyard, and talked, and and just lived life with them. They are going to be better human beings because of that, not because of the books you opened, uh, textbooks that you opened, or what method you used. It all comes down to the heart. Are you raising kids that you can be proud of? And, you know, even though we wish we could redo it, I think we are crazy proud about our kids. Yes. Yep. All right. You guys have a great day. Sometimes we succeed in life. Sometimes we fail. But every day is a clean slate and a fresh opportunity. Make today the day.